0: Chapter 6, verses 14 through 23, of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 14 and 15, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Robin By the word Amen he shows that without doubt the Lord will bestow all things that are rightly asked, and by those that do not fail in observing the annexed condition. For if ye forgive men their sins, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you your sins. Augustine, here we should not overlook that of all the petitions enjoined by the Lord, he judged that most worthy of further enforcement which relates to forgiveness of sins, in which he would have us merciful, which is the only means of escaping misery. Chrysostom, He does not say that God will first forgive us and that we should after forgive our debtors. For God knows how treacherous the heart of man is, and that though they should have received forgiveness themselves, yet they do not forgive their debtors. Therefore he instructs us first to forgive, and we shall be forgiven after. Augustine, Whoever does not forgive him that in true sorrow seeks forgiveness, let him not suppose that his sins are by any means forgiven of the Lord. Cyprian, For no excuse will abide you in the day of judgment when you will be judged by your own sentence, and as you have dealt towards others, will be dealt with yourself. Jerome, but if that which is written, I said, ye are gods, but ye shall die like men, as said to those who for their sins deserve to become men instead of gods, then they to whom sins are forgiven are rightly called men. Ye he mentions heaven and the Father to claim our attention, for nothing so likens you to God as to forgive him who has injured you. And it were indeed unmeet should the son of such a father become a slave, and should one who has a heavenly vocation live as of this earth, and of this life only. Verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Chrysostom. For inasmuch as that prayer which is offered in a humble spirit and a contrite heart shows a mind already strong and disciplined, whereas he who is sunk in self-indulgence cannot have a humble spirit and contrite heart, it is plain that without fasting prayer must be faint and feeble. Therefore, when any would pray for any need in which he might be, they joined fasting with prayer, because it is an aid thereof. Accordingly, the Lord, after his doctrine, respecting prayer, adds doctrine concerning fasting, saying, When ye fast, be not ye as the hypocrites of sad countenance. The Lord knew that vanity may spring from every good thing, and therefore bids us root out the bramble of vaingloriousness which springs in the good soil, that it choke not the fruit of fasting. For though it cannot be that fasting should not be discovered in any one, yet it is better that fasting should show you than that you should show your fasting. But it is impossible that any in fasting should be gay. Therefore he said not, Be not sad, but Be not made sad. For they who discover themselves by any false displays of their affliction, they are not sad, but make themselves but he who is naturally sad in consequence of continued fasting does not make himself sad, but is so. To Rome, the word extreminaire, so often used in the ecclesiastical scriptures through a blunder of the translators, has a quite different meaning from that in which it is commonly understood. It is properly said of exiles who are sent beyond the boundary of their country, instead of this word it would seem better to use the word to destroy in translating the greek aphinisen. the hypocrite destroys his face in order that he may feign sorrow and with a heart full of joy wears sorrow in his countenance gregory for by the pale countenance the trembling limbs and the bursting sighs and by all so great toil and trouble nothing is in the mind but the esteem of men Leo, but that fasting is not pure, that comes not of reasons of continence, but of the arts of deceit. Pseudo chrysostom, if then he who fasts and makes himself of sad countenance is a hypocrite, how much more wicked is he who does not fast, yet assumes a fictitious paleness of face as a token of fasting. Augustine, on this paragraph it is to be specially noted that not only in outward splendor and pomp, but even in the dress of sorrow and mourning, there is room for display, that the more dangerous, inasmuch as it deceives under the name of God's services. For he who by inordinate pains taken with his person or his apparel, or by the glitter of his other equipage, is distinguished, is easily proved by these very circumstances to be a follower of the pomps of this world, and no man is deceived by any semblance of a feigned sanctity in him. But when any one in the profession of Christianity draws men's eyes upon him by unwanted beggary and slovenness of dress, if this be voluntary and not compulsory, then by his other conduct may be seen whether he does this to be seen of men or from contempt. Of the refinements of dress. Rigmig. The reward of the hypocrites fast is shown. When it is added that they may seem to men to fast. Verily, I say unto you, they have the reward, that is, that reward for which they looked. Verses 17 and 18. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Gloss. The Lord, having taught us what we ought not to do, now proceeds to teach us what we ought to do, saying, When thou fastest, anoint thy head, and wash thy face. Augustine. A question is here wont to be raised, for none surely would literally enjoin that, as we wash our faces from daily habit, so we should have our heads anointed when we fast, a thing which all allow to be most disgraceful. Pseudo Chrysostom. Also, if he bade us not to be of sad countenance, that we might not seem to men to fast, yet if anointing of the head and washing of the face are always observed in fasting, they will become tokens of fasting. Jerome. But he speaks in accordance with the manners of the province of Palestine, where it is the custom on festival days to anoint the head. What he enjoins, then, is that when we are fasting, we should wear the appearance of joy and gladness. Siddhartha Therefore, the simple interpretation of this is, that is added as an hyperbolic explanation of the command, as though he had said, Yea, so far should ye be from any display of your fasting, that if it might be which yet it may not be so done ye should even do such things as are tokens of luxury and feasting chrysostom in almsgiving indeed he did not say simply do not your alms before men but added to be seen of them but in fasting and prayer he added nothing of the sort because alms cannot be so done as to be altogether hid Fasting and prayer can be so done. The contempt of men's praise is no small fruit, for thereby we are freed from the heavy slavery of human opinion and become properly workers of virtue, loving it for itself and not for others. For as we esteem it an affront if we are loved, not for ourselves but for others' sake, so ought we not to follow virtue on the account of these men, nor to obey God for men's sake, but for his own. Therefore it follows here, but to thy Father which seeth in secret. Gloss. That is, to thy heavenly Father who is unseen, or who dwells in the heart through faith. He fasts to God who afflicts himself with the love of God, and bestows on others what he denies himself. Rigmig. For it is enough for you that he who sees your conscience should be your rewarder. pseudo Chrysostom. Spiritually interpreted, the face may be understood to mean the mental conscience. And as in the eyes of man a fair face has grace, so in the eyes of God a pure conscience has favor. This face the hypocrites, fasting on man's account, disfigure, seeking thereby to cheat both God and man for the conscience of the sinner is always wounded. If, then, you have cast out all wickedness from your heart, you have washed your conscience and fast well. Leo, fasting ought to be fulfilled not in abstinence of food only, but much more in cutting off vices. For when we submit ourselves to that discipline in order to withdraw, that which is the nurse of carnal desires there is no sort of good conscience more to be sought than that we should keep ourselves sober from unjust will and abstinent from dishonorable action. This is an act of religion from which the sick are not excluded. Seeing integrity of heart may be found in an infirm body. Chrysostom Spiritually again, thy head denotes Christ. Give the thirsty, drink, and feed the hungry and therein you have anointed your head, that is, Christ, who cries out in the gospel, in that ye have done this to one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it to me. Gregory. For God approves that fasting, which before his eyes opens the hands of alms. This then that you deny yourself, bestow on another, that wherein your flesh is afflicted, that of your needy neighbor may be refreshed. Augustine or by the head we rightly understand the reason, because it is preeminent in the soul and rules the other members of man. Now anointing the head has some reference to rejoicing. Let him, therefore, joy within himself because of his fasting, who in fasting turns himself to doing the will of the world, that he may be subject to Christ. Gloss. Behold, how everything in the New Testament is not to be taken literally, it were ridiculous to be smeared with oil when fasting, but it is behooval for the mind to be anointed with the spirit of his love, in whose suffering we ought to partake by afflicting ourselves. Chrysostom, And truly we ought to wash our face, but to anoint and not to wash our head. For as long as we are in the body, our conscience is foul with sin. For Christ, who is our head, has done no sin. Verses 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Persostim. When he has driven away the disease of vanity, he does well to bring in speech of contempt of riches. For there is no greater cause of desire of money than love of praise. For this men desire troops of slaves, horses accoutred in gold and tables of silver, not for use or pleasure, but that they may be seen of many. Therefore, he says, lay not up for yourselves treasure on earth. Augustine For if any does a work with the mind of gaining thereby an earthly good, how will his heart be pure, while it is thus walking on earth? For anything that is mingled with an inferior nature is polluted therewith, though that inferior be in its kind pure, thus gold is alloyed when mixed with pure silver, and in like manner our mind is defiled by lust of earthly things, though earth is in its own kind pure. Chrysostom, otherwise as the lord had above taught nothing concerning alms or prayer or fasting but had only checked a pretense of them he now proceeds to deliver a doctrine of three portions according to the division which he had before made in this order first a counsel that alms should be done second to show the benefit of almsgiving third that the fear of poverty should be no hindrance to our purpose of almsgiving. Chrysostom, saying, Lay not up for yourselves treasure on earth, he adds, where rust and moth destroy, nor to show how the insecurity of that treasure that is here and the advantage of that which is in heaven, both from the place and from those things which harm, as though he had said, Why fear you that your wealth should be consumed? if you should give alms, yea, rather give alms, and they shall receive increase. For those treasures that are in heaven shall be added to them, which treasures perish if ye do not give alms. He said not, you leave them to others, for that is pleasant to men. Rabban. Here are three precepts according to the three different kinds of wealth. Metals are destroyed by rust, clothes by moth, but, as there are other things which fear neither rust nor moth as precious stones, he therefore names a common damage, that is, by thieves, who may rob wealth of all kinds. Chrysostom. Another reading is, where moth and banqueting consume, for a threefold destruction awaits all the goods of this life. They either decay and are eaten of moths as cloth, or are consumed by their master's luxurious living, or are plundered by strangers, either by violence or pilfering, or false accusation or some other unjust doing. For all may be called thieves who hasten by any unlawful means to make other men's goods their own. But you will say, do all who have these things perforce lose them? I would answer, by the way, that if all do not, yet many do, but ill-hoarded wealth you have lost spiritually, if not actually, because it profits you not to your salvation. Robin Allegorically, rust denotes pride, which obscures the brightness of virtue. Moth, which privily eats out garments, is jealousy, which frets into good intention and destroys the bond of unity. Thieves, therefore, denote heretics and demons, who are ever on the watch to rob men of their spiritual treasure. Hilary But the praise of heaven is eternal, and cannot be carried off by invading thief, nor consumed by the moth and rust of envy. Augustine, by heaven in this place I understand not the material heavens, for everything that has a body is earthly, but it behooves that the whole world be despised by him who lays up his treasure in that heaven, of which it is said, The heaven of heavens is the Lord, that is, in the spiritual firmament. For heaven and earth shall pass away, but we ought not to place our treasure in that which passes away, but in that which abides forever. Chrysostom. Which then is better, to place it on earth, where its security is doubtful, or in heaven, where it will be certainly preserved? What folly to leave it in this place, whence you must soon depart, and not to send it before you thither, whether you are to go, Therefore, place your substance there where your country is. Chrysostom. But forasmuch as not every earthly treasure is destroyed by rust or moth, or carried away by thieves, he therefore brings in another motive. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. As much as to say, though none of these former losses should befall you, you will yet sustain no small loss by attaching your affections to things beneath, and becoming a slave to them, and falling from heaven, and being unable to think of any lofty thing. Jerome, this must be understood not of money only, but of all our possessions. The god of a glutton is his belly, of a lover of his lust. So every man serves that to which he is in bondage, and has his heart there where his treasure is. Pseudocris Otherwise, he now teaches the benefit of almsgiving. He who places his treasure on earth has nothing to look for in heaven. For why should he look up to heaven where he has nothing laid up for himself? Thus he doubly sins, first because he gathers together things evil, secondly because he has his heart in earth, and so on the contrary he does right in a twofold manner who lays up his treasure in heaven. Verses 22 and 23. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness! Chrysostom. Having spoken of bringing the understanding into captivity, because it was not easy to be understood of many, he transfers it to a sensible instance, saying, The light of thy body is thy eye, as though he had said, If you do not know what is meant by the loss of the understanding, learn a parable of the bodily members. For what the eye is to the body, that the understanding is to the soul. As by the loss of the eyes we lose much of the use of the other limbs, so when the understanding is corrupted, your life is filled with many evils. Jerome this is an illustration drawn from the senses as the whole body is in darkness where the eye is not single so if the soul has lost her original brightness every sense or that whole part of the soul to which sensation belongs will abide in darkness wherefore he says if then the light which is in thee be darkness how great is that darkness that is if the senses which are the soul's light be darkened by vice In how great darkness do you suppose the darkness itself will be wrapped? Chrysostom. It seems that he is not here speaking of the bodily eye or of the outward body that is seen. Or he would have said, If thine eye be sound or weak, but he says single and evil. But if one have a benign yet diseased eye, is his body therefore in light? Or if an evil yet a sound, Is his body therefore in darkness? Jerome, those who have thick eyesight see the lights multiplied, but the single and clear eye sees them single and clear. Chrysostom, or the eye he speaks of is not the external but the internal eye. The light is the understanding through which the soul sees God. He whose heart is turned to God has an eye full of light. That is, his understanding is pure, not distorted by the influence of worldly lusts. The darkness in us is our bodily senses, which always desire the things that pertain to darkness. Whoso then has a pure eye, that is, a spiritual understanding, preserves his body in light, that is, without sin. For though the flesh desires evil, yet by the might of divine fear the soul resists it. But whoever has an eye, that is, an understanding, either darkened by the influence of malignant passions or fouled by evil lusts, possesses his body in darkness. He does not resist the flesh when it lusts after evil things, because he has no hope in heaven, which hope alone gives us the strength to resist desire. Hilary. Otherwise, from the office of the light of the eye, he calls it the light of the heart, which, if it continues single and brilliant, will confer on the body the brightness of the eternal light, and pour again into the corrupted flesh the splendor of its origin, that is, in the resurrection. But if it be obscured by sin and evil in will, the bodily nature will yet abide subject to all the evils of the understanding. Augustine, otherwise by the eye here we may understand our purpose. If that be pure and right, all our works which we work according, thereto are good. These he here calls the body, as the Apostle speaks of certain works as members. Mortify your members, fornication and uncleanness. We should look then not to what a person does, but with what mind he does it. For this is the light within us, because by this we see that we do with good intention what we do. For all which doth make manifest is light but the deeds themselves which go forth to men's society have a result to us uncertain and therefore he calls them darkness as when i give money to one in need i know not what he will do with it if then the purport of your heart which you can know is defiled with the lust of temporal things much more is the act itself of which the issue is uncertain defiled for even though one should reap good of what you do with a purport not good it will be imputed to you as you did it not as it resulted to him if however our works are done with a single purport that is with the aim of charity then are they pure and pleasing in god's sight augustine but acts which are known to be in themselves sins are not to be done as with a good purpose but such works only as are either good or bad according as the motives from which they are done are either good or bad, and are not in themselves sins, as to give food to the poor is good, if it be done from merciful motives, but evil if it be done from ostentation. But such works are in themselves sins. Who will say that they are to be done with good motives, or that they are not sins? Who would say, Let us rob the rich, that we may have to give to the poor? Gregory. Otherwise, if the light that is in thee, that is, If what we have begun to do well, we overcloud with evil purpose. When we do things which we know to be in themselves evil, how great is the darkness. Rigmig. Otherwise, faith is likened to a light, because by it the goings of the inner man, that is, action, are enlightened, that he should not stumble according to that. Thy word is a light to my feet. If that then be pure and single, the whole body is light but if defiled, the whole body will be dark. Yet otherwise by the light may be understood the ruler of the church, who may be well called the eye, as he it is that ought to see that wholesome things are provided for the people under him, which are understood by the body. If then the ruler of the church err, how much more will the people subject to him err. End of chapter 6, verses 14 through 23.